giant stalker, dragon stalker, crypt stalker, demon stalker, rift stalker, grown stalker, crypt stalker, scourge stalker, wind runner. I'm a pony, lead skill hunter. Welcome to episode 210 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I'm Dark Brew from thebrewhall.com and the Brew Hall on Twitter. I'm Solar Flare from Warcraft Hunters Union and Cloak and Quiver. I'm Delirium from Thrill of the Wild, Warcraft Hunters Union, and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. I'm Bendak from Eyes of the Beast. Uh, well, not that, not Wow Insider anymore. And <laughs> Bendak Wow on Twitter. Well, today is Sunday, February the 1st, 2015, and we are broadcasting live on Twitch.tv. You can participate in the live chat room where our lovely moderator, Ali Sander, is there to take your questions. All right, and we've got a pretty pretty full show today. I'm excited. We've got BlackRock Foundry coming up, Hunter Changes on the on the, the, the PTR to go through. So, yeah, it should be a good show. Um, but, uh, but you know, you mentioned no longer from WoW Insider, so why don't we talk about that first? As many of you may have heard, WoW Insider is shutting down, shutting its doors on February 3rd. Tuesday will be its last day. So, Bendix, since you're actually still with them uh, at the moment, why don't you talk a little bit about that and uh, Scattered Shots column that you've done? And see yeah, so basically AOL, which is the company that owns WoW Insider and Joystick, they're shutting down a bunch of their sites, including WoW Insider and the main joystick site, and massively. And yeah, we just kind of like, actually, we kind of found out through like rumors before they actually told us, so that was nice. But uh, yeah, there's really not much to say. Just um, basically, the editors were like, yeah, just write whatever you want. So I'm like, that means I'm writing a scattered shots. <laughs> Which is cool, and yeah, and you published that yesterday, so you, so you guys should, you should go check that out. The, the the very last scattered shots that we'll we'll, we'll see, and it was, it was a very good article. I, I enjoyed reading it as always, and uh, yeah, Wow Insider is just one of those sites that you know it just feels like it's it'll feel weird not having it there. Um, I mean, when I first started playing the game, it was the it was like the second resource I came across. It was it was Thought Bond Wow Insider, man. Like it's been around for a really long time. So, Thought Bot, I've forgotten yeah. all about that one. Yeah, I remember yeah. Thought Bot, the <laughs> yeah. this ridiculous layout. Of a, <laughs> yes. I guess simplicity is is key for that website. But yeah, man, it was nostalgic. But it was a really good post. If you guys haven't read Ben Dax's kind of like uh, closing article, it was a very nice, uh, very nice kind of way to wrap it up, I thought. But I, yeah. I, I even said this in the chat. I kind of wish uh, you guys could find a way to carry on, right? Like, I mean, oftentimes when things that big come to an end it's really hard to let go for a lot of people and you kind of still want to carry on so hopefully the people at wow insider can at least move some you know move forward a little bit um and still you know be involved with the community i'm sure they will you know it's that's a big thing to be a part of it sounded like there were maybe hints of that that they may be looking into something but i i mean nothing's been said by anyone for sure so hopefully uh I forget yeah, someone from Wow Insider was was tweeting some taking some informal polls on on Twitter about you know would you be interested in this would you be interested in that kind of thing talking about you know, so I, I I it sounds like the idea of continuing in some format is definitely running through people's heads. Yeah, there's something in the works. So, and that'll be good. That'll be that, good. that'll yeah. be awesome. But like I said, it was a very good site. I enjoyed reading many of this stuff, especially the, not just scattered shots, but the officers' quarters. But when I, back when I was trying to run a guild, was was great stuff. 
that that focused on guild management and uh and we were fortunate here you know with with between Bendek and Euripides and Frostheim so we had three of their their writers be you know hosts on this show which was always fun and, and Dawn Moore when she was there was a was a frequent guest so a lot a lot of good ties from our podcast to Wow Insider so enjoyed it and sorry to see it go and like I said look forward to seeing what they they come up with next if they come up with something so on that note we want should we want to talk about uh, hunter changes or are we going to talk about BlackRock Foundry first we can get Foundry out of the way I guess yeah let's talk about it well it opens up uh, Tuesday February Tuesday 3rd. yeah it's, it is it is upon us now Highmall mm-hmm. is probably going to be a thing of the past for a lot of fields and I think for the most part, a lot of people are going to be thankful about that. I don't know. People weren't people weren't that impressed with Heimwald. They said they were kind of over with it. That was the general kind of feeler that I got from a lot of the people that I raid with and some other guilds. They're just like Heimwald didn't really do it for them. But I think Foundry's going to be like off the hook. It looks totally crazy. Well, Foundry's going to have a lot more bosses than yeah. Heimwald did. I forget the exact number. Is it almost double what Heimwald had? I mean, Heimwald was a short, fairly short raid. It's ten bosses. Ten bosses. So yeah, it'll have a few more. And is going to have the tier gear, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit here. But I liked Highmall. I thought Highmall was a pretty good, pretty good raid overall, and a lot of um, good encounters for hunters. I mean, we were. I mean, you know, people always worry about whether or not, you know, especially when the damage wasn't where it was supposed to be for hunters, whether or not we'd be benched and this and that. There, there was plenty of stuff for hunters to do. <laughs> On various encounters, yeah, that didn't you involve just standing and shooting. That. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with that. There was a lot of really, you know, niche encounters where we we could do really good. Like, uh, like actually, for example, on Mythic Imperator, hunters have like four or five jobs to do. I mean, just us. We handle branded. We yeah. can soak mines. Like it's crazy. Uh, and in addition to bringing aspect of the fox, you know, um, to the table, and and you know. Being kings of DPS and moving right, so Bracken's yep. flamethrowers. I mean, like, yeah, Highmore was filled with uh, duties for us. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen any of the bosses yet. I haven't tested anything for Blackrock Foundry. I know some of you guys. I'm sure you have Solar. Um, I, know. Is it, is, <laughs> I was hoping Artemis was going to be here. I, I, I know, I know, because I, I know she's tested. done a bunch of it too. Exactly. Yeah. We'll keep um, trying to get her back in here. Well, and that was what I was going to mention. Is I mean, I don't, I don't want to halt the discussion, but I haven't, I haven't played Foundry since they did it on beta, man. Like the last three weeks, just kind of grabbing me by the, the balls, man. Like I haven't really <laughs> been in game at all, and I had a crazy thing happen that I can, I can tell people about more in the next couple of uh, days. I, I hope, uh, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. It, things have been weird so i didn't really get the whole scope of the foundry testing that they've been doing just recently right like um i think they even put the conveyor belt boss in the test cycle on the ptr just recently uh, and i missed that that was one that i really wanted to test when i was like siege crafter belt on steroids right right uh, but yeah I, I missed it man i missed it i only got to do some of the beta stuff so i can only talk a little bit like orgorger um twins yeah, we can talk a little else, about that. Who else was you know. yeah, well, we can we can get there. I don't know. Is that Morgan? Is that Artemis? No, not yet. Nope. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. And Hans uh, and Franz is another. I just like that. Uh, I yes, just love yes, the fact Hans, that they yeah. they decided to <laughs> name a boss after those guys. And I don't know when they did, when they decided that because you know that's like you know a reference to an old '90s you know Saturday Night Saturday Night Live sketch that was you know. 
kind of making a little bit of a comeback if you watch any kind of football commercials. They did some State Farm commercials with uh, Aaron Rodgers and brought those guys back in their characters. So they're they're a little bit back in the sort of making a small pop culture comeback, if you will. So I wasn't sure how familiar people would be with those two, but I don't know that. Just the name of that, just the, the the concept of that that particular boss and the naming of it kind of made me smile a little bit. What year was that? It, like aired? I think that might have been before my time. Yeah, I'm saying it was like you know, early ni- early to mid '90s. I think is when okay, they were so popular. I was just a young man. Yeah, I'm right. saying it was it was not not a recent thing. They sort of you know something that you had forgotten about, <laughs> and if you're of a certain age, never knew about. So. But like I said, they just sort of making a little bit of comeback other places. I've seen them pop up besides uh, Black Rock Foundry. But one of the things we sort of touched upon a little bit in a couple of earlier episodes was Black Rock Foundry is going to seem to have a lot of AOE and a lot more movement oh, yeah. fights yeah. compared to, to High Mall. That, that is totally true. The, the movement fights, I don't think they were going to get away with too many standstill turret bosses. I think the exception of that might like might be Gruel. But outside of that, like so, Gruel being the first boss. But outside of that, you we're not going to get a you know get to sit and turret a lot because um, after that it just becomes total chaos. And yeah, it's like Cleve City up in Blackhawk Foundry. <laughs> like there, yeah, I don't know. A lot of classes are going to be wanting to favor their AOE specs, enhancement shamans, arms warriors. I mean, we might even see the return of BM on some fights just because of the amount of AOE that's going to be required. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that's that's about my extent. <laughs> so sadly, the extent of my Blackrock Foundry knowledge at this point, just because I missed the, the testing that they did. Uh, it was a couple of days ago, right? It was this week. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, I don't know if they did every encounter, but they did have some oh, uh, yeah. Foundry testing on the PTR. Did uh, did, did you get to hit that? I think I they might have done some mythic testing. PTR even. testing. Dang. Yeah, just I think they did. Do beta, them. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, totally a shame. But uh, well, gosh darn it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. well, that's all right. Well, why don't we talk about then some of the changes that are coming for Hunters in Six Point One now? It... Wait, what were you saying, dude? Yeah. Oh, I was just kind of curious what people thought. You know, we were mentioning there's not a lot of fights for turret, and you know, we just stand and shoot. And that seemed to be something the devs talked about at the end of Siege was their kind of I don't know methodology. They wanted it to be more about doing the fight correctly rather than doing your rotation correctly. I'm curious how you, how you guys have felt so far in High Mall and now going into BRF. Like, does that seem like it's been successful? Or does it feel weird to have most of your energy goes into learning the fight instead of playing well or playing your spec well? Well, in my experience, I think, I think there are two standout fights in High Mall that you just get to go all out into the boss. Probably Kargath and Butcher. Um... Outside of that, there are fights, at least in the mythic uh, encounters, where Tectus is is just an insane amount of movement. Brackenspore is quite the dance, moving from mushroom to mushroom, dodging waves, uh, moving from exploding mushrooms, things like that. Uh, and then you have the twin Ogron, which you have to you know do the dance with the fire, move in and out for the roar. Um, so so it goes on and on, right? Korag Korag's a little bit less movement, uh, but then Imperator as well, uh, Branded Mind, etc. Um, so yeah, I think I think they did a pretty good job. So two out of the seven encounters that they gave just for the first raid alone are, uh, 
you know, just standstill patchwork style fights, I'm okay with that. If the other five are pretty intense, and I thought they were. I mean, in terms of movement, I don't think I've ever moved more in a boss fight since maybe the safety dance in Nax Ramus than I did on Tectus. Tectus, you move all the time. You're always. Yeah, Tectus was crazy. That's a messy fight. It's a fun fight, actually. I, I like that one. And I guess I've seen only done it on normal and heroics. I haven't seen what changes they've done uh, for Mythic, but I actually kind of enjoyed that that fight. It was messy and chaotic, but somehow, yeah. <laughs> if you if you once you understood it and knew what you were doing, you could you could you could kind of counter all mm-hmm. of it. But well, and that was the interesting thing about Mythic Tectus is it lasts four minutes. The fight is seriously yeah. four minutes long, but it's the most chaotic <laughs> four minutes that you will ever have in your entire life. It's it's bonkers. Um, I would I would like to see another one of those. Butcher was kind of like that. Butcher was very short lived too. Very very tight DPS check. Yeah, I can't remember what the timer is on that but it's pretty yeah short. four to or four five yeah. minutes, and it's five just minutes. about yeah five something like that and uh yeah so i i'm actually going to be kind of curious if they have like another like helter skelter kill it super quickly before everything goes to heck fight in foundry i don't think they do i don't i don't think there's a fight like that in foundry but i don't know either so yeah. i haven't seen them all <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, some of those fights, I I don't know. I like, I kind of like those fights, like the, like some of those council fights where once you get one of them down, then it, the fight becomes progressively easier. I like fights like that, whereas not I don't not a big fan of the ones that once you get to towards the end, the difficulty actually ramps up. <laughs> and but that's know. been everybody's trouble with Imperator, is that yeah. you know that just getting to see the last phase is hard enough, and then once you get to it. Staying alive long enough to learn it is just insane. Well, yes, and there have been several like that in, 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 in the past, and that's always been frustrating, right? Because especially the – and it's usually in the last boss of a raid. There's those usually – this is where you usually find like, you know, sometimes those 15, 20-minute encounters and with multiple phases. And, you know, you end up learning like the first couple of phases and you get those down and they take – a while and then you get to that one phase and then you're in there for like 15 seconds and you're wiping and you've got to start it all over again and you're just really working to get back to that point so you can try and learn it (laughs) and it just feels like it takes so long oh yeah well i mean and that was my huge gripe with uh back in cataclysm with with the madness of death we encountered when Mm -hmm. we were when we were doing it on heroic like the real progression began when you got to the head phase right every single platform outside of that was the same song and dance so you spent 10 minutes of repetition just to get to the real progression that you were in for like maybe 10 seconds an attempt mm-hmm. at the very end. It was like, yeah, oh, my exactly. gosh, that's the, that's the worst kind of rating, <laughs> in my opinion. Where it's just yeah, like and they usually do it, like I said. Through it. Uh, it seems like they save that for the final boss in, in, mm-hmm. in each raid when they, when they do it. But uh, Cool. Well, why don't we talk about some of the changes coming in 6.1 as it will affect what we do for these encounters and uh, – I know, I know, Bendik. I think you've spent a fair bit of time now on on the PTR and Delirium. I've, I've looked at it a little bit, um, but most of the changes we have are coming with with talents, and a lot of them have been buffed, which is nice. They haven't really nerfed anything yet. So, um, let's talk about the talent changes because I'm, I'm I'm kind of excited about some of these. Um, do you want to take uh, want to talk a little bit about Barrage, Bendik? I'm um, sure. Yeah. So Barrage. Um... Its damage is increased by 21%, and actually all the level 90 talents are buffed. So Glaive Toss is 25%, 
and power shot is 62 <laughs> percent it's like <laughs> it's like we really want you to use power shot please use it <laughs> so it seemed like to me but uh yes 62 so i guess yeah yeah it's like i saw that i'm like barrage it's like so awesome already but i guess if you look at it from survival's perspective it was actually in some cases it was like a dps loss to actually use a level 90 talent in your rotation no, so, regardless of the talent yeah yeah <laughs> really so this this would actually this this would fix the problem and uh i mean Barrage is just so awesome already so i mean i like this yeah especially as we get more multi strike on our gear we really needed the buffs to make the level 90 talents you know at all feasible yeah cuz i mean they were only what contributing to like generally speaking Three to six or seven percent of our overall damage. It was, it was yeah, well, pretty last. Serpent Sting is fifty yeah. percent. There's yeah, not much yeah, totally crazy. else to do. Yeah, yeah um, and all those extra Serpent Sting ticks you'd get by casting Arcane Shot instead. Yeah, and plus with yeah. Barrage, the focus cost was <clears throat> high enough that it, it was hard to fit in. At least I felt like it was hard to fit into Survival's rotation, just because they're they're low focus pool relative to the other two specs. It's pretty easy to fit in with focusing shot, but with lone wolf, yeah, it's pretty hard. Well, the the interesting thing is uh, we were we were talking about this in Skype chat just a couple of days ago um, about kind of what level ninety talent is most appealing uh, for survival. So as as I was uh, mentioning with with crows, and in addition to just executing our normal rotation, survival with the hundred focus pool just does not have the focus to really complement using barrage ever it's it's too much of a chunk in our focus whereas in, it with bm and marksman you can kind of get away with it with the extra 20 focus and especially with bm where it's, it's just generally less focus cost per uh executable uh, you know global than say marks um but that's why i was really kind of hoping they'd bring back power shot i was hoping they'd make power shot enough so that we didn't have to take barrage anymore for Single target. Like we should actually petition that. We we should get a movement started behind that to make by uh or you know, I guess even glaive toss. I don't care. Um, but a single target ninety ability that will overtake glaive toss on single target because yeah. I don't. I mean I don't mind playing around it. I don't mind pulling up focus for it if I know it's coming. I don't mind timing it right for when there's you know an extra ad that just came in whatever. Um, because that adds an element of gameplay. It it does. There's something to be said for that. But just having to it it's so costly. And and when was the last time we used barrage for our level? Oh yeah, never. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Make barrage happen. Maybe 2015 is the year for uh, or power shot. Yeah. Power shot. You're t- yeah, power shot. Yeah, so, yeah power, power shot. shot. Ever since it was released in the beginning of Mr. Pandaria, it never really fit in at all into a single target PVE rotation or even even AOE. I mean, it just never really fit into PVE. Part of that was because it does uh, a knockback, which obviously if you have that for trash, it's going to knock back some targets for bosses. Uh, shouldn't matter. It, you know, the knock, They should be immune to the knockback. <clears throat> so it works in that situation. But even though with the buff, the, the giant buff, it still doesn't make it, it still doesn't overtake the other two now, does it? I mean, it's still going to be third in the in line. That's right. It's... Um... It's not a huge gap, but it's definitely like less damage. And I think what the, it really needs to is a minor glyph to turn off the knockback. Yes, I think it's a good idea. 
I mean, they could even, you know, they could even make it a major glyph, I guess. Although I hate it when they, you know, major glyphs are are pretty pretty set. So I don't know that there's a lot of room to add something as a major glyph. Although it seems like the kind of thing they, that would become a more of a major. Are you, glyph are you, than are you a minor telling glyph. me that you want to make a glyph that makes power shot not do the knockback? See, what I like to do, <laughs> if you just want to give your tanks a bad day, is glyph the force of travel <laughs> yeah. knockback and get power shot and just go nuts. Especially a survival with explosive trap on a twelve second cooldown. No, you are unstoppable, annoying machine. There, there is no point of return after that. Right, Although, things are going flying everywhere. It's amazing. That's that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, well, I did that uh, once, and my tanks almost lost it. <laughs> and that works today. Although uh, that twelve second uh, cooldown for explosive trap is is going to change uh, in six point one, I believe. It, what's it going to? Um, right, didn't they? They they changed yeah. trap mastery and uh, the, the, the cooldown of the traps. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, so, yes. Still getting caught up to speed here. I've been gone for a while. No, um, that's fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, they're yeah, nerfing right. the trap. So wait, cooldown. eighteen seconds. Eighteen seconds. All right. Very well. Twenty actually. Yeah, wait, twenty seconds. Twelve is what? How does that work? Is it not twelve right now? Well, they're they're nerfing trap mastery and enhanced traps as well. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be twenty. Maybe we should just. Oh man, they're really hitting it hard. All right, dang. All right, let's get into it then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they, so they, 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 I, they just felt like the trap cooldowns for survival were overpowered. So they just, they just, they kind of <laughs> brought it back way in line. Um, well, I, I, okay. So here's my counter to that. I think that's kind of silly. Unless I'm not getting the full scope of picture here and maybe delirium or bendak you can correct me on this but i liked having for the first time in a really long time i was using my explosive trap in my rotation at survival mm-hmm. because it was such a short cooldown and that was really really fun because when again when was the last time we did that never it was either a 30 second cooldown or never um and i kind of like it i like the shortened cooldown yeah. so i don't know why they're they're not going to back up again is what it was it was it the damage coefficients? Was it just too much damage? Because I didn't, I don't think it was that. Was this it? is definitely a PvP issue. Oh my gosh! Right. Us. Um, <laughs> survival right now is very overrepresented on the twos ladder. All over the twos ladder is just tons of survival hunters, and on the threes ladder, from about two hundred to a thousand, you've got way more survival than any other spec um, at the moment. Or maybe a couple that are competing, but it's it definitely needed some nerfing um so but we can one of the things they did to kind of balance that a little bit is explosive trap also got a 33 percent buff to its damage done so i'm not sure what the duration is now if they upped the duration over um with the longer cooldown but uh but 33 percent more damage will make it a bit more significant use yeah, of GCD. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would. So yeah, if you guys haven't been, I guess especially more so now in in six one, it's going to be twenty second cooldown bed deck. Is that what we said? Yeah, from twelve yep. to twenty. And if it's doing thirty three percent more damage, did the duration get extended? I don't think so. I think now basically the duration and the cooldown line up. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I guess that means yeah. If you guys haven't been already, just throw explosive trap in your rotation. It's good for. Uh, Full duration on a single target, and then of course, if anything else is in the mix, yeah, just plop that sucker down. Yeah, I think the other buffs that we don't have listed here, the uh, ice or freezing trap and ice trap, both had their 
duration increased, which was supposed to make up for the uh, lowering or increased cooldown. I'm not sure how that'll affect PvP, if it actually does anything in PvP. Seems like the DR will get in the way. And in, you know, PvE, the traps don't make much difference there, so... Maybe having that ice trap up a little longer in challenge modes? That's about all I can think that would be useful. Or just, like, extra kiting? Is that how you mean? You mean, like, place a... a yeah, yeah. Ice, so, yeah, yeah, ice trap down, extra duration, kite for longer, yes. Yeah, so that's about all I can imagine. Maybe use that black ice... I don't know. That's not really practical, but maybe something come up. With something. Wait, so someone told me to use black ice. It was it was back in in uh, mists of Pandemia. It was for proving grounds. One one of the, the really good proving grounds hunters was. I was like really into proving grounds for a time, uh, and I'm still yeah, I still am. I actually been getting back into proving grounds just this last week, um, and he used black ice, and it was the weirdest thing. He used it to get from one side of the proving ground circle to the other side. I don't know if you guys remember those shielded mogus, the ones that yeah, you yeah. Know, put up the shield. And he would he would set an ice trap down, and he would zip across the ice trap just so he could get to the other side of the uh, the shield. <laughs> it was so crazy. Yeah, that guy he he tried to milk every uh, every second he could get in there. It was cool though. But yeah, I don't think I've ever used ice trap either. Or, <laughs> Black ice, excuse me, black ice. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't thought about proving grounds, but you, oh, definitely, you don't need the yeah, healing I, glyphs. I really you don't like need them. animal bond yeah. or anything. So it's just got a little it's more room. Just raw damage output right now. Yeah. But yeah, so those are the the, the trap changes. Yeah, they they took a little bit of a hit, but that's good to know that you know explosive trap can still fit into the single target. I like that for survival, just because traps just seem to be a big part of their. The, the survival toolkit. So I, I, you know, I go back and forth on whether or not I, I want to toss a trap, <laughs> an AOE trap, in, into the rotation. But it's, it's mm-hmm. given the way survival works, I think that's probably okay. And I think it was at Delirium a couple episodes back. You had mentioned that uh, one of the things you could do is try and time it so that maybe you're casting a uh, a cobra shot or something like that to prepare yourself to fire the explosive trap so you're not really interfering with. Uh, Getting in the way of like an explosive shot or a black arrow or something like that, right, right. Because it does, you know you do have that targeting reticle and you gotta line it up and aim it to, to where you want it to go and that, you know it can take a couple seconds to do that. Yes, there have been times where I, I my mouse was in one direction and I was like, oh geez, <laughs> you know, it's like okay, so yeah. So I, I, I'll, I'll admit, you sometimes you lose a little bit of uptime on the reticle, yeah. but yeah, I know online there's some. Uh... A few of the guides I've seen have scripts written out that you can add so that it automatically places it where your mouse pointer is. What? I don't know what the legality of that is. Wait a second. I was about to say, okay, so I was like, sign me up, never mind. I mean, no, I I don't know. It might be totally legal. I have no idea what... So what it is, it's a a script for auto-hotkey, which is like a program. And yeah, it's basically use at your own risk. You press the button and it'll drop the trap where your mouse is. In a that's, awful, that's, that's crazy, though. I love that. I, if, yeah. Had I known about that, I might have looked into it uh, before you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, all right. Maybe maybe if someone wants to dig into that more and figure out what the terms Sorry. and conditions are mm-hmm. for something like that, that could be a great. But if nobody uses it now, or only like a couple people use it now, maybe it's for a reason. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had know. never heard of that. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
it's basically gameplay automation, even though it's just you're saving one click. It's, it's mm-hmm. still, it might, I don't know. I don't know if they could detect it, but personally, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's really any different than having a keyboard that does macros for you, or, you know, things like that. So. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't play with a left click, so that macro is amazing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I play with left click. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's pretty. That would be pretty. Wow, you talk about a time savings. You know, t- making your uh, trap launching uh, completely efficient. <clears throat> and I imagine in PvP that would be mm. pretty yeah, amazing. That be, yeah, that's that's a big time saver, right? Like mm-hmm. ice, like or like freezing traps going down, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Okay, now now I see. Now I see. I don't think people should be using that, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if you're just aiming it at a small pack of mobs or a boss or something, but yeah, in PvP, that would be crazy. So we skipped over a couple of talent changes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we should go back to those. Absolutely, go ahead. Oh, did we? I think I guess I scrolled down too. Sorry. Yeah. So first up, exhilaration got buffed to um, it heals for thirty percent health now. Up from twenty-two. What it was? Was it not? It was thirty percent. Yeah, if I remember right, it was. They were they reduced it because of the. The health changes, yeah. you know how they gave everyone more health. So but uh, yeah, thing? I mean, they they saw that not many people were using it. So did anybody ever use it? I guess is the outside question. of PvP, no. Uh, it's I mean, I think I, I, and I and I did a fair bit of threes mm-hmm. and twos uh, last expansion. Uh, I don't think one hunter in five hundred did I know that ever used acceleration, and you could tell because he didn't have the he didn't have the low or the uh, Iron Hawk buff, and he didn't have the uh, Animal Bond buff, so it, he used exhilaration, and it wasn't even like noticeable, right? Thirty percent of your health. I don't know. Just keep chunking away at you. But yeah, uh, the only time I could imagine it if it, if you're in an all DPS, you know, if you're doing twos with both DPS or threes, yeah, and you're yeah. worried maybe you know it'll give you that extra two. St- GCDs of life to kill somebody so, really quick. So but. if you run double DPS or triple DPS in twos and threes, matches only last about thirty seconds anyway, right? Like it's, right. it's either they're going to be dead or you're going to be dead really quickly. And, so I and could see maybe Iron that would help a little yeah. bit in that situation. Because Iron, but Hawk if you have really a healer have with you, there's no reason to, to take it. effect. Spirit Bond doesn't really have the full time to take effect in, in quick arenas like that. So if you want just a one and done heal, yeah, I guess that'd be the only time to really use it, but. I think overall that talent is just bunk. Um, I've well, always the last time, changed. Yeah, the last time it was popular, I think, was when we we had readiness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you could pull yeah. double exhilarations totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I wanted to change now. Now that they've added tertiary stats, and especially now that they're buffing tertiary stats, so what? What is it? Double their effectiveness, or is it triple? Quadruple. Quadruple. Yeah. So even better. Huh. I want it to be leech oriented. I want it to be like a leech cooldown. Mm-hmm. Or uh, something that provides some form of leech. Like I, I totally think that should be a thing now that it's in the game. I, I just think the exhilaration talent. Yeah, I guess, like I said, I don't. I think it's dumb. It's totally worthless. It, it ranks up there with power shot and things that I never ever was interested in. And uh, I, I th- and I'm a huge fan of leech. Right, as, as a soloer, like uh, all about leech. So, um, and now that the quadruple effectiveness kicks in, like I think a lot of solos are going to open up to people with with the selected ounce of leech gear. And I wish they'd redesign that talent. Um, maybe we can. Maybe we can get that talent redesigned yeah. in the next uh, year or so. We'll see what happens. Now that I'm, the cogs are turning here, but uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's my take on exhilaration. I think it's ridiculous. So even with the buff, then, it's not something we would want to take in that tier, then, for, for rating or, or anything. It's just not a big enough buff, then. Yeah, I mean, very select situations, but the average hunter, I don't think there's any reason to take it. No, I mean, even if you combined it with a, a health stone or a health pot or spirit beast or something, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, well, combining it with some with things like that would be, you know, a significant, you know, uh, situation to to do that. Um, you mentioned Spirit Beast, and at the start of this expansion, the Spirit Beast heal was like uh, I think like sixteen percent of your total HP. It, it was like it was awful. Like for soloing, when you had a Spirit Beast and you popped that heal on you, that was like a respectable cooldown for self healing on either you or your pet. Um, but it, when when Wad launched, it not even doesn't even come close to that. Aren't they buffing the Spirit Mind heal? Did I read something about that? Did anyone catch wind of that? They yeah, I, I saw it in the data mining, but mm-hmm. I haven't been able to test it on uh, PTR yet. Yeah, I don't see it in the notes here, but uh, I think they doubled the heal on it. Is that right? Or was it even more than that? Yeah, that sounds about... I, yeah, I think they I did. Remember. I think it was. It came out in the patch notes uh, a couple builds back, uh, or maybe right when the PTR was released, that there was a change to, to the healing. Um, Pretty sure the, they doubled the it. Beast. The Spirit Pieces also get a, an extra buff now, too. They have Mastery and Crit. Yeah, that's that's like the king. I think, oh, man, that, that's really... I wish we had Shoot on for this. Um, so, that I mean, that's a, a powerhouse of a solo pet now, right? So Mastery, Crit, and the Heal. Whereas we have our current contender and champion, the Shield Spider, with the, shield of, uh, with the shielded uh, damage reduction... And stats. So I'm kind of interested to see his take on this now if he's going to be rolling with Spirit Beasts or a Shale Spider. Or even or even uh, just dismiss the Shale Spider, grab the, the Beast really quick for the heal, and then throw it back uh, and, and pull the Shale Spider out again. Um, certainly opens up the soloing game a little bit for our pets, I think, now that they even added an additional stat to that. It's really nice. Mastery, crit, and a heal. That's, I mean, you don't really get that. Uh, Anywhere, really. I guess the Spear Beast is the only thing that does do that, so that's cool. Yeah, I like it. I think it makes Spear Beasts, you know, pretty epic because, you know, they are kind of like the, the penultimate hunter pet. Well, and they, yeah, I was just talking to a hunter last night. I, uh, it was, I finally got to give the hunter lesson that I was giving away on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was a BM hunter, and, he's in, and we just talked uh, for a fair bit of the night about BM hunters and stuff, and he goes, yeah, I've, I've got, I had Loke since Wrath, and I've never not been a BM hunter, and I've always used Loke, and I'm like, hey, there we go, man. He's sticking it, you know, repping BM. I like it. Yep, and if, if you don't have a spirit beast, you know, don't forget, you can get the, the, the porcupine ones in Mr. Pandaria. They're kind of always available, so to, to, you know, if you just want need a spirit beast in your stable, those are those are pretty easy to get. And, you know, no camping, no, and, you know, just just need to master their little uh, gimmicks that they have there, their little taming challenges. And, of course, Gara is not hard to get either and fun, and you should get Gara if you hadn't. But I'm saying if you need a spirit beast, you know, don't think you're going to have to sit somewhere for hours and, and stay up 24 hours, you know, a day to, to, to get one. <laughs> They're not that hard. Yeah, that was the worst, man. I, I don't think I've ever camped a pet 
longer than I did Arcturus out in Grizzly Hills. That was a nightmare. Just really quickly, I'll make it as short as I can. Um, so we just transferred to Airy Peak to make the convert to Ray Gilda. It was like that mm-hmm. day, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get Arcturus, because I, I, was, I, was, I was a freshly minted dwarf. After six years, I was a dwarf again. And you need to have a bear if you're playing a dwarf. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go get Arcturus. And I waited 12 hours the first day, and then he spawns. Casting the tame. The hunter next to me shoots him dead. Oh, no. He didn't, he didn't get the tame, so he shoots him dead. It's like, wow, okay. Um, wish we were on a PvP server and I could do something to you, but we're not. So, next cycle spawns. It's like, it's like a day and a half later or something like that. I've been up for tremendously long hours now. My eyes are bloodshot. Arcturus spawns again, yes! Well, I tab back in and someone else had already started the same. So I was going, oh, crap. I missed the second one. Then another third time. Third time's the charm. I got, I got Arcturus on the third tame. But it took me, like, it was like three or four days of just sitting in Grizzly Hills. It was awful. I do not recommend that. It was a, it was a great, it's a great pet, but camping four days and pulling your hair out because two people got it first. It was like, oh, or killed one and tamed one. But uh, yeah, I guess the, that was a that was the longest I've ever camped a pet. It was four days. Yeah, that's crazy. I think my longest was uh, King Crush. Uh, is that Sholazar? Yeah, he's in Sholazar. He's a he's tough one. I'd say you know the top three you know sort of hunter pets. I think the hardest ones to get, and I don't know what the order should be, but Arcturus, Lokonahak, and King Crush I think are the three hardest to to get. Problem with King Crush is he he um, patrols and spawns in fairly well traveled areas in Sholazar, and he's big and he's green, and people will just kill him uh-huh. on sight. They they don't you know they don't look at him as being like a special hunter pet. I think people every time I've seen him, it's been dead. <laughs> I've seen him dead a lot as I've flown through there, and I, I that's the one pet I still don't have that I need to try and get. But I think just so, his enormous size is he's... Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to, t- to take everybody off topic. Uh, no, it's fine. What were we talking, uh-huh. we talking to talk? Again? Okay. Uh, I think we're talking... Stampede. About... Stampede. Yeah, yeah speaking of there pets, yeah, let's talk about that one. Because, yeah, that's... Uh, so the they changed that. Now lasts 40 seconds up from 20 seconds. So the duration of Stampede has been doubled. Uh, the the cooldown is still, is still five minutes. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> Bet all of our melee friends love that. <laughs> I think it's I think it's funny that they had to literally double it to make it compete with the murder of crows. Yeah. It's, it's funny the murder of crows was that good. Well, yeah, murder was was crazy good, but I mean, remember for a time there when and that, like at the at the tail end of siege when uh, it was still like a three minute cooldown, like stampede reigned king, and even for a while at the start of the expansion, this expansion. Um, wasn't it pretty good? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit ahead ago. for a while when we were yeah. all running Lone Wolf. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, so, do you think it's going to make a return now? Because I mean, the big argument, of course, is you have Murder of Crows on a minute and a half cooldown, or if you can reset the cooldown with a kill, and it does a fairly sizable amount of damage. But take Stampede, for example, and if you have like a short duration encounter fight, like Butcher, I would almost argue you would take Stampede in, in this new upcoming rendition for Butcher than you would Crows. Because Butcher's going to be a short fight. You want that burst damage. You want that heavy hitting damage. 
and Stampede provided that, like always, was always uh, um, about that that heavy burst damage. And um, you know, for fights that are like eight or nine minutes, I'd say like some progression fights are sometimes maybe ten, kind of reaching up to ten. If you can only get one Stampede in, it's really not that great. Whereas you could have fit in nine or ten Murder of Crows in that time instead, which would have obviously beat it out. And that's kind of always been the the um, comparison between the two talents. So I have no idea if this is going to pull Stampede ahead on almost all situations. I would, I'd want to say no. I don't yeah. think so. I don't I think, think so. there's The way they buffed it is kind of interesting in that going up to 40 seconds means it's not going to get all of your opener buff now. But, you know, usually if you're taking Stampede and casting it, you know, right off the bat, you're getting it with both Trinket procs, with your pre-pot, with, you know, often with Bloodlust or Purism, whatever. Um, and you're getting, you know, this huge buffs over the full duration of Stampede, which is a lot of what I think made it such a huge cooldown. And so now at 40 seconds, you've, you know, half of the time you're not going to have anything up. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's still extra damage that wasn't there before. Sure, it's not sure, like sure. It but I don't think it's quite doubling the damage. Yeah, and when you got it before, and you've been playing around with this a little bit on on the PTR and written about Stampede Bendex. So why don't you talk about some of the things that that you found out too, specifically with its interaction with with Lone Wolf, because that's kind of interesting <laughs> behavior there. Right. So um, if you're playing like uh, something that's not Lone Wolf, so you have your standard pet. You cast Stampede, you get four extra pets. But if you're playing Lone Wolf, you don't have a pet, so you got extra damage to make up for that. You cast Stampede and you get five pets. So essentially, the talent is 25% or more valuable, or 20% more valuable for Lone Wolf. So I was doing some testing, and it seems like it's quite a bit ahead of a Murder of Crows, like significantly. Even. Even if the fight links don't line up that well with the cooldown, just because of that extra pet. That's interesting. I have I have a question. Maybe I didn't I didn't hear you right, or I'm just not understanding it properly. So when you when you don't have lone wolf, uh, you of course summon four pets in addition to the one you have, correct? Right. Yeah. And uh, so your pet is doing a certain amount of damage with its basic attacks, with its, its, with its normal white melee attacks, and its uh, special attack like claw or smack or whatever it is. I think it's basic, I forget. But it's got its attacks. And you take Lone Wolf, and you get five pets. But wouldn't that fifth pet that's summoned, and may- again, maybe I'm just looking at this wrong, uh, just deal the amount of damage that, the, that your, your active pet before you went to Lone Wolf? Did or am I not even looking at that the right way at all? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely true, but you also get your lone wolf buff. So true. you okay, you yeah, have this yeah, buff yeah. to make up the damage of not having a pet, and you get all five pets. Whereas with with uh, you know if you're taking focusing shot or whatever, you just get all five pets. Okay, yeah, I follow that. All right, right on. So that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, do you have uh, did did you make a chart for that? Did you? So I kind of want to look at it now. I think I saw one on Bindex site. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, I was curious. Did you? Right, I did some simulations on it, and yeah, basically, um, if you're using focusing shot, uh, a murder of crows and stampede are pretty much neck and neck. But as soon as you go to lone wolf, stampede, you know, goes ahead quite a bit. Like we're talking like like one k DPS or more difference by switching talents. Well, that's pretty gnarly, man. That's that's a big deal. Then mm-hmm. now the now what I'm curious about is is um. 
like Sims Sims are excellent ways to check out this kind of stuff, but it's also I would say sometimes like remember not an entirely accurate representation of what's going on. I, I mean, I think this tier more so was fairly indicative to that, right? Like we were all thinking sure. certain things, and it's like we get in there, it's like, oh wait, no, this is actually better because now I can test it in the game, and it's and it's you know intended environment, which would be rates, uh, and we all can fall victim to that. So my question is. With BlackRock Foundry being so cleave-heavy with so many ads, do you think we might get more value out of being able to time a murder correctly and chain it? Oh, absolutely. Back like to, if, you, if, you can, yeah, yeah. if you can time it right with the cooldown reset, I think it would be a lot stronger. But I think for single target or any time period of time where you're doing a lot of single target, Stampede it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Sure. Yeah, so maybe, maybe for Gruul then. I don't think Gruul is uh, multi-target or not. I have to. And it seems like overall, like the buff to Stampede is like more of a percent buff to BM than the other specs. Really? I mean, yeah, it skills with mastery, but um, you don't. All, you also don't take Lone Wolf for BM either. So how does that? How does it work in that sense? Oh yeah, it's mostly just the mastery. It's just yeah. having all those extra yeah. pets benefiting from your mastery for so long, and it's like there's opportunities too with like Focus Fire. Since Focus Fire lasts twenty seconds, you could. Theoretically, like I, I don't know what, what would be the best usage of it, but you could have two focus fires through in one stampede, right? Even if you don't wait till five stacks, it might be worth using it anyway. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> two focus fires in one stampede would be, yeah, nuts. I think you can do that. You can you can pop two focus fires in a forty second window. That's the thing. Oh, you right? can. I'm just saying. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if it's better that, to not wait for five stacks if they're not there. You know. Sounds like a job for delirium. Ready to, yeah, there you go. To that? Yeah. You got 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I'll work on that. But it's, it's interesting that, we, yeah, when we talk about Black Rock Foundry and you talk about the amount of movement, too, that would indicate, too, that maybe focusing shot isn't uh, a great talent for to be picking up and that maybe we would be uh, having more lone wolf, <clears throat> you know, if we're going survival and, and marksmanship, obviously. Beast Mastery will always take that that adaptation. So, you know, it sounds like maybe Lone Wolf would be more of a mainstay going into Black Rock Foundry than than focusing shot, just because of the movement. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see what people do. I or one of the things Roger Brown was talking about last week or two weeks ago, whenever we had him on. The um, there's not a lot of you know movement skill cap for hunters, so I'm wondering if we're going to see some of the top hunters start to use focusing shot on heavy movement phases as a way to kind of pull away from the crowd. Like if you can pull it off in a heavy movement fight, may you know that'll be the way to really get those top parses, really get you know some high DPS. At least that's my hope. Yeah, focusing shot. It's it seems like. Again, this is just simulations, but every time you up the number of targets when you're testing stuff like that, it's like focusing shot just gets more and more valuable. Just because, you know, you get more multi-shots and all that. Mm-hmm. I like it as as an ability. <clears throat> I mean, I thought... Of course, they did, they, they did a pretty good job with all the, the, the talents as far as animations, making them stand out a little bit. And I just I just like that as a, as a talent, the idea of uh, forcing you to stand still. Obviously, it'd be nice if you could do it while moving or weren't, weren't that locked into it or had a shorter cast time or something. But I just like the idea that it does more damage than a steady or a cobra and just returns all of that focus. So I, I do like using that ability when I can. 
Yeah, it kind of spoils me, I find, because like, when, when I'm not using it, it's like, it's like, oh, how many Cobra shots do I have to cast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's when they talked about it and first implemented it, it was supposed to be this, you know, kind of the high skill cap ability. But I feel like a lot of times it's much easier because you just focus management doesn't exist. It's just you don't have to think about focus in the slightest. Just cast a co- or focusing shot, then cast 20 other abilities, cast another focusing shot. Yeah, it's all baked into the movement. That's basically the the skill there. Because yeah, basically what you do is you just empty your focus pool, cast a focusing focusing shot, and start over. Hello. So maybe just to, <laughs> just just to recap real quick, then I mean, so what does the talent sort of builds look like? I mean, in in, in specs going into six point one, it sounds like survival is going to be fairly strong. I mean, BM will be good. Um, I mean, Beast Cleave is is still one of the best AOEs. So we may will we be mm-hmm. looking at that for those those fights where there's a lot of targets and things? I mean, what what do you think the preferences will be? And, and what's going on with marksmanship? I mean, has it fallen into third place or is it still <laughs> you know number one? I'm just yeah, I, mean, I think marksmanship is shaking out. Marks is still pretty close to survival in pure single target. Um, there, you know, if you look at the logs, there are some hunters who are getting marks, you know, really high parses with marks on the single target fights. It just really has trouble with uh, AOE or any kind of, you know, oh, yeah. two or three targets. Sure. Well, two or three targets, it, it can it can hang for a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, survival just has flooded top parses. If you guys look at, like, Warcraft logs, it's just... It's, if you see a Marks Hunter in there, it's just it's it's almost curious. Yeah, you have to click on the parts to figure out how he did it, right? Um, but right, yeah, I, th- I think survival and BM are gonna are gonna be in. I, I think survival more so than BM, unless we get like a crazy AOE encounter. But uh, those are gonna be the two big ones. It's a shame Marks fell fell behind so quickly. I guess I, I guess it lasted half a tier. Half a tier is not bad. Half a tier, run, yeah, run a week or two of a tier. It's more of a yeah. quarter of a tier. Was it really? Yeah, it's true. Because well, <laughs> this is only a half quarter of a tier. Yes, there's an eighth of a tier. And, and the thing about it is, it wasn't like it was nerfed. It wasn't even nerfed. They just buffed everything well, it was. else. Well, I mean, aim shot and kill shot were nerfed. That's true. Which aren't huge true. nerfs, but slight. Yeah. I guess it was a little bit, but I don't know. I think of nerfs. I just, I just remember back to Wrath of the Lich King and and what they did with uh, Beast Mastery. <clears throat> And and you talk about nerf, and they just nerf that thing to, well, just, to the ground. Well, just remember, you had a one but, button sequence macro that did the whole dang rotation for you mm-hmm. and max and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. And you and you <laughs> could do that hybrid talent build where you got readiness, where you could pick up readiness from the marksmanship tree, which really really made it powerful. But uh, <clears throat> I remember in Nax there was that uh, that scorpion pet with the stacking dot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was so overpowered. Yeah, those with glory days for BM. Talk about BM glory days. Talk about Wrath of the Lich King early, early yes. expansion. That was insane. And then Barrage looks like the the level ninety talent. I mean, they buffed all three, so it looks like it's still going to come down to Barrage and and Glaive Toss. For a well, like I was talking about this earlier, I really feel like the one hundred twenty focus pool uh, specs. Uh, marks and BM can really afford to use barrage, so yes. I, I mean, like I'm I'm totally fine with using barrage in marks. I'm totally fine with using barrage in BM, but it, sh- it just doesn't fit well in survival whatsoever. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm really hoping that they steer away from that as a single target choice for all three specs. Um, I'd rather use glaive totter, or excuse me, glaive toss or power shot 
um, in its stead for single target. Um, but I think overall for Blackrock Foundry, yeah, survival is probably going to be taking names, really. No movement penalty, high damage, yeah. but a respectable single target in AoE. It's, 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 a, it's a contender for sure. Yeah, and we also see a lot more multi-strike gear in, uh, in Blackrock Foundry. So I wouldn't be surprised if it overtook BM on the large packs of ads to ones, you know, if you're using Focusing Shot and Thrill of the Hunt and you can just spam out a bunch of multi-shots, you're you know, getting thousands and thousands of Serpent Sting ticks mm-hmm. I think with for a sustained, high enough multi-strike. Yeah. I think for sustained AoE, survival is even better than BM. Yeah, so uh, my prediction is survival's going to pull way to the top as once we get you know close to BIS gear, and then they're going to nerf how multi-strike works oh, with no. Serpent Sting. <laughs> so that's my prediction, at least. I know. I, I, I hate to say it, but I could see a change coming to multi-strike, too, because first we've got that survivalist passive, and now our four-set bonus is more multi-strike damage. And multi-strike is already, like, three times more valuable than some other stats. Like, yeah. it's gonna, it's just going to keep going up. Well, well, let's talk about the, the set bonuses, because now with Blackrock Foundry, we'll be able to get uh, the, the tier gear, and we'll be able to see the two and the four-piece bonuses finally come into play and, and, and see what kind of impact that'll have on rotations and, and, and what we do. Um, let's let's start with the one that I think we're all probably going to be going into is survival. We'll start with survival. Yep. Um, so yeah, the two pieces. Whenever we cast Black Arrow, it automatically triggers lock and load. Uh, and I'm glad to see this. Actually, I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, remember, because we we talked about survival DPS being relatively flatlined with no execute or no cooldown. And back back in uh, Miss Pandaria, when you wanted to burst the survival, you notched up a freezing trap. And you got your what yep. was the buff called? What was it when you when you when you hit something with your trap and it immediately proc lock and load? I forget what the name of the perk or talent or whatever that was. Um, but I liked that because I mean for for uh, Garrosh when you wanted to do burst damage to the engineer if you're on engineer duty, you threw a freezing trap up there. You didn't have to wait for your black arrow to tick, and it was it, it was quick, fast, bursty damage as survival, uh, and that's totally awesome. So now I kind of like to see at least the return somewhat of that for whenever we do cast our black arrow lock and load is right there and ready to go uh so i'm I'm all about that that's i think that's an awesome change yeah i haven't played with it on the ptr yet but uh in beta this one was just so much fun to play with it makes your opener a lot more interesting you've got Mm -hmm. to really plan out what you're gonna do uh i don't know it just makes i i love it i love this two-piece it doesn't i don't care how much damage difference it makes i just like it a lot yeah, what I like about it is it's not RNG dependent. It's it's something like you say you can plan for. It's predictable, so you know exactly what's going to happen when you cla- when you cast Black Arrow. It's 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 just just automatically going to give you that lock and load, and, and that's that's what I like about it. You're not really, <laughs> you know, it's not something. Well, well, maybe it'll happen. You know, it's like you know, you know, it's going to happen, and and you can you can work around that. So and and then the four piece bonus we were you you were just talking about Bendek you know when you hit a target with explosive shot multi strike damage is increased by fifteen percent for three seconds. Yep. So we stack that with the twenty percent from survivalist and uh, multi strike is even more awesome than it is now. It's yeah. just uh, 
all those and plus all those extra lock and loads like that buff is going to be up a lot yeah i was going to say and so you think about the opening of a fight where you 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 know <clears throat> i don't know you probably start off you probably want to well you think you do want to cast explosive shot and then cast black arrow to get the the lock and load going i mean <clears throat> so you're going to have a lot of and it's not a stacking buff though it's just it's just uh 15% right. for 3 seconds but you know <clears throat> but like I said, when you have lock and load and you've got those back-to-back uh, explosive shots, you're going to have that buffer for a bit. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just a, a raw damage output one, right? Yeah. So, like, I've, I've ever probably going to see our multi-strike, yeah, like, raid buffed and in Blackrock Foundry raid gear probably around 25-30%, mm-hmm. maybe-ish, depends on how much multi-strike gear you get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with the trinket, is the black hands trinket multi strike too? That thing is like crazy. It's, it it kind of works like there's an unused multi strike trinket. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally nuts. Um, but yeah, uh, you want to do? Should we talk about marks? I guess maybe. Yeah, why not? Even though no one yeah will be using it, maybe. I, but let's yeah, just talk I about think that. it's. I mean, well, the, the the tier bonuses were like crazy. Like when you yeah. think about it from a high mall perspective, it was like, oh yeah. But uh, I mean, for for Blackrock, not not quite. So marks two pieces, aim shot crits restore an additional eight focus, which mm-hmm. is amazing for the openers because you yes. talk about chain, chain, chain. It's all going to be aim shots, which is like amazing. Um, and then the four piece actually complements it when rapid fire is active, your crit damage is increased by 3% per second of rapid fire being active. Yeah. So talk about stacking that crit up yeah. and guess what our previous, uh, tier piece just did every time we crit, we restored an additional eight focus. So th- it's, it's actually really nice synergy between the two bonuses. And not only that, but just the rotation as a whole, like this is a really well-designed tier bonus uh, set for marks in my opinion but just the fact that we probably won't see many people playing it it's kind of a shame that it might go to waste a little bit but it, I mean it offers like crazy burst phases right so every time you're in the careful aim phase or every time you're in a rapid fire phase you're just going to be pumping out the damage like heavy heavy crits and just chaining aim shots which is which is amazing but yeah, perhaps going to be seldom seen yeah, so seldom seen, but yeah, certainly if you want to, I imagine it'd be like kind of like it was early on in High Mall if you want to see yourself atop the meters at the very beginning of a fight and with some crazy numbers. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys just want to screenshot the first 10 <laughs> seconds of a fight and show your guild, take marks for it. <laughs> right, it's here. And then I we have Beastmaster. Uh, yeah, does anyone want to take this one? Uh, yeah, sure. So the two piece for BM is. Uh, Kill Command has a chance to reset the cooldown of Bestial Wrath, which is pretty. It sounds pretty insane. Yeah, do we remember what the uh, percentage chance is for it to do that? I I can't remember off. The top I of thought my it head. was RPPM. Did, was it okay? Minute? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But it I, used I don't to be a flat chance. Okay. It got well, nerfed in the beta. Yeah, wasn't it like At a first, 25% chance or something yeah. like that? It was yeah, like, initially it was in the beta, it was like wow, yeah. it was pretty great. One in four <laughs> <Yep>. chance. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's. I think some people did some testing. I forget where I read it, but I think they came to the conclusion that it's like one RPPM. So there's a good chance that every, every beast, I mean, you will reset the cooldown at least once a minute. So you should have Beast of Wrath up more often. Yeah. 
Which and is then, good. Uh, it's, no, but again, it's just, it's just more RNG for BM hunters, right? Mm -hmm. Now we got the, yeah. the focus fire thing, yeah. and now we got this. It's just like I mean, and then, so, and then somehow that's just going to throw focus fire like like totally out the window, right? Because you want to line up your focus fire for your beast or ass, but with this thing going off all the time and resetting cooldowns like left and right, you have no idea. Yeah, so I think we're just it is kind of frustrating. Yeah, I, I am not a fan of the BM tier set actually. Uh, of the two piece at least, just because it, it, like you said, it's more RNG to the rotation, and I don't like uncertainty in my rotation. I know we've talked about this before, but uh, it, it makes things very weird, doesn't it? I agree with the uncertainty thing about not being able to line up, but at the same time, it's, I just like being able to pop you still wrath more. Yes, that's, that's like true. the ability. Big red <laughs> pet. Yes, big red kitty is a lot more fun than yes, it is big red kitty. And the four piece bonus is. When Bestial Wrath is active, one additional pet is summoned to fight with you. And this is just basically a standard stampede pet. Okay, because we, we did have a question from uh, Bren in the chat. He wanted to know, and I think we talked about this before, but if, if the, if the four-piece set for BM that summons the additional pet, if that is going to uh, act like a pet during stampede, will it benefit from our Beast Cleave, and what are their abilities? And if it acts just like a standard Dire Beast pet, is that what we determined? Yeah, it's a, it's just basic attacks. Just, yeah, it's almost like you're getting an extra stampede pet. They don't actually. There's no basic attacks. It's just melee attacks. I think. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that's what I remember from beta. But it's just you know it's just cool for it's like cool flavor for BM because you take like this stampede and dire beast. Uh, you're gonna have seven pets attacking. Out, yeah. yeah, seven <laughs> pets attacking your target. It's just kind of fun. Not nice for the the melee in your raid, but whatever. Shame on them for not playing Hunters anyway, right? <laughs> Solid point. Yeah. Um, as for like the, the bonuses themselves, um, I think I read somewhere that basically they're all about more or less like 2k DPS increases, like the bonuses by themselves. Is that what you're, Delirium? Yeah. I know a lot of people have seen this spreadsheet that's going around. Roger Brown kind of I think linked it last time we did the show and and pointed out some problems with it. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's a lot of problems with that spreadsheet um, and what gear they used. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't take it too seriously. Uh, but yeah, they're 2K. I mean, I, th I think it's a percent or two, maybe 3% on the best of them or with good RNG, but they're not huge increases. Nothing like survival in SOO. Yeah, but they're 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 but they're well designed, I think, and they look like they're they're fun. You know, I mean, it makes you, you know, you want to go out and get those four piece bonuses and, and beast mastery. I mean, it really yeah. it, it fits in with each three all three of those specs and kind of really complements, um, kind of the nature of the, those and design of those specs. I I I look forward to to getting these. Do we know if you can get these pieces from follower missions at all? The the, the Black Rock Foundry follower missions, or if they said one way or the other or has anyone uh, determined that through testing they haven't said one way or the other but I'm going with no <laughs> uh, it just seems like it's. One, I think it'll just be regular armor but who knows maybe you could but uh, I know on the PTR I, I copied my character like I just recopied it a bunch of times and I did a bunch of missions and I didn't get any I think I did like 10 missions now Black Rock missions 
and I just got normal armor and uh, trinkets. Okay. Yeah, I know you can get trinkets, and I, I believe I know you can't get weapons out of the high mall. And I assume the same thing for Blackrock. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they just said, "Sorry, we're not going to give you the the tier gear. You're just going to have to run the the raid and defeat the bosses to 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 get them." I kind of regret doing those missions too because I I started getting all this awesome gear. It's like <laughs> I, got, I got two pieces that had a socket, warforged, and leech. I'm like, oh my god, I'm never going to replicate wow. this. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to talk about a lucky find. Jeez. Well, I, I was curious, uh, kind of, uh, so somewhat off topic, but it, it totally baffled me. Um, so I, I did a high mall mission, and uh, we'll, we'll just say a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I got uh, Scales of Doom, Mythic, which was like, woo, I love the trinket. So got the trinket. Eight days later, eight days, I got another high mall mission, and I got the neck. What happened? There's, I had no idea the cooldown could have been that short. Eight days for a high mall mission to reset? Are you sure it was eight days? A hundred percent. You can check my character feed on the armory. If you look at my, my Solar's recent activity, you'll see Scales of Doom, and then an eight-day period between... The scales of doom in the neck piece. Yeah, unless you were late in getting it. I mean, you could because it's once every two week period. And so I right. wait six days to do it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I right. assume those four missions share the uh, cooldown, right? Like it's random which right. one you get, but you'll get one supposedly two weeks after you completed. You know, so and maybe yeah, it's not it off of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what happened. Maybe you're right, Delirium. It's not off when you complete it; it's when you get it. So you'll get one, and then two weeks later you'll get another. Oh, if, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, maybe that yeah. would that would make yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah that if would you didn't make do, a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah. If you didn't do it right away and waited a few days before doing it, I don't know how long those missions stay. Yeah, they stay a lot you. longer than the other missions. Because I'm pretty sure they stay one, for two weeks. Yeah. Do they? Okay. With my very first one, I didn't have the right people geared up, and I took four or five days to get it. But then I still got my next one on reset day, the following two week period. Then I think that answers it. All right, cool. Well, good to know. Yeah, I thought it might have been like some <laughs> gift from the heavens or something like that, but no, okay. I just it was just the delay. All right. Oh, mythic scales! I'm so jealous. Yeah, I actually got a normal, or not normal, heroic scales, and I had already had it. I had to de it. That was the most frustrating thing, you know, because like I said, you got to wait two weeks to get one of those missions, and you, you get one, and and all my followers, I have a hundred percent chance now on all the the high mall missions for for all four, so I don't have to worry about it failing. But now I'm reaching that point where we start getting uh, duplicate gear. Although now, because our progression has been very slow, I think I've reached I have reached the point where I'll start getting mythic gear for those missions. So so that'll be well. well didn't you just switch guilds, man? I I did I did uh, at the end of last time. week. So I, I haven't raided with the new one yet, but we'll we'll start on Tuesday. So. What are you guys tackling? I I remember it was it was a couple days ago. I remember reading the post, but just knowing me, what the what's their rating like? What are you going to be doing? I mean, it's it's like I said again. This is this is fairly casual, but they're at least able to go in there and get things done. So we'll 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 head into black. We'll we'll get into Blackrock Foundry. I'm pretty sure sometime next week. So we'll be able to start that right away. Hopefully, they'll just jump right into heroic because there's not much to be gained. I don't think from doing normal gear wise. And I think they're working on uh, Imperator uh, Heroic, so probably kill that this week. So well, Yeah, I mean, that's that's the best kind of guild that operates on a casual maybe hour yes. and even style, but yep. still clears through Heroic. I mean, like, yeah. what more can you really ask for? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, there's about half a dozen people that I've raided with and been gilded with uh, 
over the years. So it's not like I'm going in completely. I'm going in there knowing having quite a few friends there as well. So yeah, it, it should be a good fit. So I'm looking forward oh, to it. Cool. Congrats, man. Thanks. That's always right. fun. Uh, one thing we should talk mention too with the Black Rock Foundry mission, since we're talking about that, is that they all have they have what seven uh, abilities to counter. So there's no way you're going to be able to counter um, all of those. I don't believe unless you get the legendary heard, follower. <laughs> I heard I heard this through the grapevine, and I, maybe someone can expound on this, or maybe if someone hears it, they'll know what I'm talking about. Brewmaster monks. If you recruit a brewmaster monk, they have the like abilities necessary to make countering black rock missions easier so if you go to your tavern or your inn or whatever it's called on the alliance mm-hmm. scum counterpart and you recruit a brewmaster monk that's like the one to be looking for and i heard that through my buddy who is like garrison insane um so i i think that's fairly verifiable uh source but yeah i don't know exactly it's like wild aggression and maybe it's something else i don't know what mm-hmm. it is don't take my word for it. Brewmaster monks are like what you're supposed to be looking for for Black Rock Foundry missions. Yeah. And the problem with, and just keep in mind, when you go to the inn recruiter, you can't recruit uh, by class or spec. You have to no, choose. No, you just ab- have to get lucky. Yeah. 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 Because I've been trying to do, I've been trying to get a monk <laughs> in my, my, yeah, in, yeah, in, in my rotation. And I can't, they, they, they don't come up for me yet. But I go to that inn every week looking for things like in fact I did I don't know if I ch- did do a search on wild aggression was one that I needed um and it didn't get a monk <laughs> got something else but uh, I tell you I've been doing that I I mean that's the one my favorite part about the garrisons is those followers I love the inn I love trying to get you know <clears throat> get those missions a hundred percent maxed out and they're they're pretty close. I just don't like deactivating followers. I'll, I'll yes, recruit them all day sad, long, yeah. but I was just like, wait a minute, I don't want you to go away. Yeah. To get yeah. I get some weird satisfaction out of deactivating paladins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leroy is still in my arsenal, so I haven't deactivated him quite yet. But yeah, yeah. but I had to deactivate Pink. a few, uh, you know, six fifty eye level. Have epics. you really? Yeah. Jeez, man. I have to. But uh, what you should do is, if you haven't, you should update the master plan add-on. Because mm-hmm. now it has the updated missions with the seven counters. Yes, it does. And then, yeah, it's nice. And then at the bottom of that tab, it'll tell you what followers you have that are basically, you don't need them. So you can, you know, those are the ones you can uh, abandon and try to get new ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that basically, they're just re- redundant followers, yeah is awesome it'll it'll tell you um if you go to that missions of interest tab it'll tell you which ones aren't being utilized for those special missions so that's that's, that's a pretty good indicator of what you can uh what you can what can what you can deactivate um but yeah i, I don't know how many followers i have right now but it's yeah, it's um, eight or nine over the cap <laughs> i think and i have a um a barracks too so i can have you know 25 active followers You'll be able to get more followers. I'm sorry. Um, you'll be able to get some more followers really easily too when the patch drops. Right. Because any any um, you know how when you pick like a a building in like Gorgrond or whatever, and it comes with like two followers from the quests. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to get the followers from the other building now just by you can just buy them for like fifty gold from a vendor. Oh, that's nice. 
Wow, well, I so, thought it was know, way more expensive than that. It was. It was originally five thousand, but they, yeah, I they thought so too. That's why I thought it would be five thousand, but fifty. I that's thought it awesome. would be the same as it costs to switch your your quests around, because it costs five thousand to switch Gorgrind, right? From the lumber mill to the arena or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's why I went to get all the followers. Oh well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll just buy them all, and hopefully, some of them roll epic. Yep. But that's the problem. I got a, a really good follower out of the inn, not this past week, the week before, and I forget what I was looking for. I was looking for something like um, it was either countering a specific ability, or I maybe I was looking for burst power. I, I I don't recall, but I ended up getting like, but I did get burst power and epic mount on him, and I was like, oh, you know, it's like there's no way this guy's nice. not gonna fit into the rotation yeah. <laughs> at some point when he gets epic level. Just because of the this the way those two play off each other. Yeah, I went in like one week from having no epic mounts on my main to having like four or five. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. When I upgraded a couple to epic, they got it. And then that Thistly Crow, I don't know if she automatically comes with it or I just got lucky and she had it. Which is the, whatever, the legendary quest person. And then I... That same week, I uh, decided to do epic mount on the inn. So now I have very short missions. Another thing too is they uh, they up like the the eye level cap for followers to six seventy five because they have a new tier of missions that high, like even above the Blackrock Foundry, which are six sixty. Yeah, they just reward like like. Big like stacks of like uh, primal spirits or apexus crystals and stuff like that. Awesome, That's still nice yeah. though. And plus, you can by bumping your follower to the max, you know, you can squeeze out a couple extra percent on your success mm-hmm. chance. Yep, and then you'll be able. There's going to be a daily quest if you have the bunker, uh, where you can just get a, a piece of follower gear once a day you can either choose the weapon or armor and then it's one of those you know you right click on it and it you either get uh, uh epic or you know rare or common quality upgrade piece of gear yeah that's cool now does it did you always get one of the can you get any type of gear i guess it can be random to any time like some there there's some in other words that will automatically bump say your followers gear up to 615 or 630 or 645 will it will it give one of those, or it'll be one of the other kind that just bump it up, you know, by three, six, or, or nine levels. I don't know. I think it can be either one. Yeah, I've got like tons and tons of, you know, hey, give your follower a set of six fifteen gear, <laughs> and I just I know I have no use for them at this point. So frustrating. I wish they. <laughs> I'm I'm holding on to them just in the hopes that one day they become BOA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. All right. Well, do we want to? We do have some listener Q and A and email. What, should we should we rip through that a little bit? Yeah, let's knock it out. So, uh, Ro, we know him. I know him. Ro from Realm Maintenance Podcast has a question for the crew. I'm noticing hunters being placed in the spotlight due to their inability to be mobile, or <laughs> due to their ability. <laughs> excuse me. Due to their ability to be mobile and DPS, while that mobility was largely stripped from other range specs. Uh, like Destruction Warlocks, perhaps. Do you feel the pendulum swung too far in making Hunters the most useful range class in current rating? No. 
the answer is always no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, you bring up a good point. I, I got I got something to say about this, but Delirium, go ahead. I just like to point out that to do top DPS, we are just as limited as most raid, uh, most casters. You know, to use focusing shot is a lot more restricting because we don't have instance we can just cast forever while moving we don't have anything we can cast you know we get two arcane shots and then we're out of focus you know so we have to stop cast focusing shot we can't cast you know half damage shots or dots that do a lot less damage i think my druid can you know constantly spam whatever uh whatever their fire is Mm -hmm. now sun starfire whatever um so it's it is a lot it's very different than how most casters work but it it is definitely restricting. I think hunters are just a lot more used to movement. Um so it's it's different for us. Uh, but it might so have I don't know why they took it out of casters as much as they did. I don't I don't know why, you know, wild growth can't be cast while moving or various other things. So here's my theory behind mm-hmm. it. Uh, I don't even know if I want to call it a theory, but um, so yeah, I mean that 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 was like when during the Great Hunter debacle that was like Throne of Thunder to Warlords of Draenor beta, people were crying out for hunters to be changed. They said it, it was long overdue; things needed to be fixed, things needed to be cleaned up, and Blizzard scrambled to get this fixed for Warlords of Draenor. And in this process, they changed a lot of things. They did our ability pruning. They they made some adjustments, and and they made our niche very clearly defined uh, as being able to DPS and move. And I think, I mean, being hunters, we are the ultimate class. And since all other classes are are designed around us, uh, they made the nine or ten or whatever it is other classes uh, beneath us not able to uh, reach the level of of mobility that we have. Um, now, given that we have specs like marks where you really can't DPS and move, it's uh, people say, "Oh, it's just sniper training." No, it's that's a size. We get, we get some DPS out of sniper training. Um, and and like Delirium mentioned, with focusing shot, there there are certain instances where we are gibbed just as much uh, in in that sense when we have to move across the room to get to somewhere. Uh, we may find difficulties in our rotation or uh, suffer a loss of DPS. Uh, but for the most part, yes, we are still the kings of movement. Um, do, do I think the pendulum has swung too far in that sense? No, I'm going to say no. But do I think maybe uh, that is a reasonable assertion to make for someone who may not you know, play or come from an extensive hunter background? Yeah, probably. Because when you see specs like survival, and I'm not bashing us here, but survival only has four buttons, guys. I mean, and it's doing killer damage, okay? <laughs> and we can move. Maybe I shouldn't have even said that. Survival is in a horrible state. Please buff it more. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have even opened my mouth, actually. But, I mean, I can see where people can come from from that. Yes. So, so here's what I recommend is is become very, very good friends with, you know, the local hunter in your raid, and then just just arrange for them to cast Aspect of the Fox when you need it during an encounter, and then you'll feel awesome for six seconds, just like like a hunter. And that's probably your best solution right now. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Dayani or Hamlet, um, who are two pretty prominent. I think all the healers know them for their theory crafting work. But um, one of them was talking about use of Aspect of the Fox 
uh, and really saying healers shouldn't be using it, and it should be for ranged DPS for casters so they can you know, get their more out of their DPS. And I think that's totally fair. Um, you know, healers can always pick a different time to heal you up unless you're about to die. But, uh, but if you, as damage dealer, lose out on a little bit of damage, then you've lost that forever. There's no way to make up for it. Um, so, so yeah, it's totally fair to talk to your hunter as a caster and say, you know, we need this time to do damage. We need this time to get our full rotation off. Yeah, and I think, you know, hunters, they are we are balanced around having that freedom of movement. Like, that's why, you know, on like a standstill fight, if you have a bunch of people, different classes, who are of equal skill level, we're not necessarily going to be on the top. Like, if it's like a patchwork fight, right? Because we're balanced around the movement. You guys agree? Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, I was I was speaking. I had my mic down. I'm I'm 100 percent behind that. Yeah, <laughs> you're, I agree. You're absolutely it, right, Bendek. Yeah, and it's not that much different than than where we were in Missa Pandaria. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, we had that freedom of movement um, back then too. I mean, you know, yeah. <clears throat> we could cast a lot of those abilities on the move. I mean, eventually, I mean, they they, they worked their way towards that. But by the end of that expansion, by you know the, the final patch in Siege of Orgamar, we we had that full mobility like we do now. Right, so like on a standstill fight, we might might not be at the top, but once there's movement, you know, things balance out more. Yeah, like I mean, for example, I mean, and I, I yes, so raiding in uh, guilds that are tackling, you know, the end of the mythic or finishing the mythic content right now. I mean, like there were there were variants of mages. I never even bothered to check what spec they were. I think it was Frost at the time that would beat us out. There were demonology warlocks. You had like a sick demonology warlock in your guild. They could beat us out still. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's not like uh, if if hunters get to stand still and do absolutely nothing other than just turret the boss, we'll we'll probably be in the top three or four. But we're not we're not like obscenely ahead by uh, like an like a crazy amount or anything. Yeah, and I'll concede too that we're probably pretty good on progression too because like the other class range classes have to you know learn the fight before they can start doing their max DPS, like all the movement and when they can, mm-hmm. you know, plan everything out. That's a great out. point. That's a great point. Whereas yeah. with us, we're kind of like, we're good to go right away. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how Blizzard can fix that too. I also, I totally agree with your point during progression is when I can beat other people. And then once we get used to the fight, you know, most of the mages or, you know, even our melee classes are destroying me all of a sudden. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know what the fix for that is. So if there's a way to make that more balanced during progression, that doesn't, um, you know, completely maybe, kill us in the end. Maybe this explains all, all of our mid tier buffs. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, from a designer perspective, I, I couldn't even think of it. Make everybody cast and move, just say F it. And just have everyone cast and move, and just just tune the damage around that, right? I don't. I have no idea. And yeah, a few months keep ago, in mind. go ahead. I was, a few months ago, uh, the Grumpy Elf, who's a hunter blogger, did an article about that, and like, you know, what is it about a caster that like the lore dictates that they can't cast and move? Like, what is it about magic? I mean, I don't know how to do magic in real life, but I would think I can concentrate just about as well while moving as not moving. Well, well, <laughs> coming from an experienced magic user here. Um, in my personal experience, uh, when you're fighting a boss and there's fire everywhere and he's yelling and people are running back and forth and swords are flying and arrows are flying, 
to to conjure up this incantation, this verbal or mental incantation. It's a little bit of work, man. I have to say, sometimes I get pretty fatigued. I don't know if Harry Potter can do it. <laughs> well, he's got he's got one of those magic <laughs> sticks. I don't have a magic stick. Um, another thing too is the other casters. Like, yeah, you might not be able to cast while you're moving, but if you're a hunter, it's like whenever there's some like an important job to do or something with responsibility, mm-hmm. that's us every time. So it's kind of like uh, I feel that like kind of offsets it too. Because yeah, there, there have been certain instances where hunters get the gimp job, right, or the the duty that requires uh, us to put you know attention into more important aspects of the encounter that kind of uh, draw away from our DPS. But I, w- I would almost take that as a badge of honor, right, because we're the class that can do it. I mean, yeah, we lose a little bit of damage, but take that you know mage i'm doing it instead of you <laughs> right i don't know on mythic uh what's the first buff called correct double when deterrence, I have to do double the, deterrence to hop double yeah, deterrence yeah. with a hop 20 Jesus, seconds of no dps is so annoying. miserable <laughs> it is miserable but it's uh, you're you know you're taking one for the team i totally agree with you yeah. mm-hmm. or like uh on like beth where you had to like pull away to kite the spiderlings i don't know if you guys remember the spiderlings but right, right. they yep, play yep. barks and you cast the and you got barrage on all the spiderlings like yeah we, we get to beat on the drone and mark say we was just as garbage as it was you know now as it was then and so yeah, I mean there there have been there have been the duties that you know pull us away, but I yeah, for I, me it's I less, enjoy them. It's less losing DPS. Just sometimes you know, if you're the one with like the responsible job, it's like when you screw up, it's just like oh man, it's like the whole raid's like looking at you like come on man, you got to get this. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes you just want to be like one of the other DPS where you just sit there and DPS. So I, I was having some connection issues the other day or a week ago or so, um, and we were doing a, you know our farm through Heroic, and I don't actually know why we do Hunters on Branded for Heroic, but we do, because uh, that's what the raid leader wants, and I didn't have to do it because I was having these you know lag issues and couldn't handle it, and so I, did, I just got to follow the regular ranged group, and I was like, just I didn't, I felt like I wasn't doing anything the whole fight, I was just standing there, you know, follow the a mage we had marked and that was it and it was just so simple and i don't know it was it was kind of disappointing because it was just i didn't realize how little most people did during that fight but uh, at the same time it was very nice refresher and i don't know just really enjoyed having the week off from mechanics yeah exactly sometimes you just want the week off it's so true especially like uh like I get stuck with like flamethrower thrower duty on on crack and spore, <laughs> yeah. and you know if you get towards the end of that fight, it can get it can get hectic and messy, and you just feel I feel awful if I'm overheated and like you know, the other guy's overheated, and you know because you just feel like so much is resting on you at that point <laughs> to kind of keep the area clean and, and just you know <clears throat> make it so that the boss isn't getting healed up because he's standing in moss and all sorts of stuff like that. So you know it is a there's a fair bit of responsibility, but. It's nice to be able to to provide that, you know, and so it's sort of like a a badge of honor when the when the group comes to you and when wants yeah. you to, you to yeah, do that's, it. That's how I think of it. Definitely. Uh, um, so you talked about like wanting to have a week off. I don't know how many hunters you guys have in your raid group, but we usually actually had most of the time three. Um, so I just I just said, all right, you two roll off, go, <laughs> and whoever had the, the lowest roll had to do it. So. At least in, in my experience, that was the way to cop out of a week of not having yes. to do something. Cool. Right, okay, so it looks like we have another 
question. Yeah, we got uh, one more is, email, yeah. which is a good one. And, and uh, so, why don't we do that? And oh, then we'll, uh, down more, we'll wrap sorry. it up. <laughs> why don't you read it, Delirium? All right. Mac Burney from Ice Crown says Greetings. I equip a new piece of gear on my character pane. My attack power goes up, but my damage goes down. Should I use the new piece, or is the only answer to that training dummies? Um, that's a good question. I think training dummies is a legitimate way to test things. Uh, you can also put it into WoW Hunter tools or SimCraft. I think yeah. it's the most common way to do it. Can I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go, ahead. go for it, Solar. Well, I was just going to say, training dummies are so... <sighs> I'm glad I don't think this way anymore. Because I used to you know, okay, so I'm going to sit on this dummy for five minutes and see my results. Then I'm going to change whatever variables I want to change. Then I'm going to hit it again for another five minutes. And see. That is just not an accurate representation. You, there's so many variables that could have gone in. Trinket procs, uh, crits. You know, you want to simulate that in many iterations. Not just one time on a dummy for five minutes. It just doesn't do it justice. It really doesn't. Take it to WoW Hunter Tools or take it to SimCraft. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, well, well what about the character pain? I know in expansions past, it's just been pretty worthless as a measure of uh, your DPS to the point where it just, just I, I never trusted it or, 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 or relied on it at all in terms of the information that it was that it was giving me. And I don't know if that's changed or or if it's it's actually accurate now. I mean... Uh, does anyone have a take on that? My my sense is that it's really just not a a good measure of of anything, and that you're better off uh, using one of the hunt- offline tools, or you know just trying different things in a raid if you're raiding and, and seeing how you how you do from one encounter to the other. Yeah, when it's a matter of you know something with similar eye level and similar secondary stats, where you know other than multi strike for survival, most of the Stats are pretty close for hunters, and there's you know there's not a good way to tell those minute differences in game. Um, you know if if you don't you you really don't like going out of game, you can sit on a training dummy and then like pull up your scada or uh, recount and look at an individual shot. Take off both your trinkets. Take you know and use usually they say use a white um, gun. Like you can get a really low level bow or gun that's white and doesn't have, you know, secondaries or anything. And you can try to, you know, average out all of your things without any procs and look at an individual shot, take off all of the crits, take off all of the multi-strikes and see how it's fluctuating. Um, It's a lot of work. I don't know if it's actually any less work than going to SimCraft, downloading it, putting in your character, learning how to switch those. I, it gives you know once you control for all those other things on the training dummy, you can get a pretty good idea of how a piece of gear affects individual shots. But then that's still not going to tell you how it affects all your shots together, or how it affects you know your your overall DPS once you have your procs back in, and once you have your uh, you know your scope on your gun and all that stuff. So really, once you're to those minute changes, I think SimCraft or Wow Hunter tools or, you know, in the good old days, Zahara's tool, Female Dwarf, you know, those were really the best we had. Yeah. One thing I want to say is in his question, he put attack power and damage in quotes. And if he didn't specify what type of gear he's talking about, but if he's talking about a weapon, I know there is a bug where 
if you equip a weapon with um, less than 3.0 attack speed, it can show lower character sheet damage than a lower eye level weapon with 3.0 attack speed. Like, for example, a heroic dungeon bow will show us more damage for me than my 660 engineer gun on the character sheet. It's just like a bug. Yeah, and that I think that has to do with how they um, average your attack power for... So it, it's all kind of controlled for a base of the three-second weapon. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd call that a bug or if it's kind of intentional. Well, it's kind of... But it's, yeah, well, it is it's a bug because the damage it shows... Your auto-shot right. damage does go up, so like the, the damage on the character sheet should go up too. But I, I know that he might be referring to that. Since yeah. he said his attack power goes up, but his damage goes down, which should never happen. Because attack power is like directly right. tied into that. So I think it might just, he might just, if he's talking about a weapon, that's what the problem is. Just a bug. Or a display, whatever. However they're calculating it. But as for what you guys were saying, yeah, if you, for just like small upgrades, it's really hard to test by yourself. You really have to, you know, it's Easy, I think it's easier to use the tool. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's, a, that's the, one of the great things about being a hunter is we have lots of tools and lots of resources outside of the game with which you can use to, <clears throat> to kind of figure out how you're doing. Uh, so, well, I think on that note, guys, uh, I don't think we have much more to go over. And it's hour and a half here. So, yeah, it was so, a big show. Yeah, it was a good show. All right, you have been listening to episode 210 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I'm Dark Brew from thebrewhall.com and thebrewhall on Twitter. I am Solar Flare from Cloak and Quiver, the J.J. Abrams movies, and the, I still like that one, and the <laughs> underscore Solar Flare on Twitter. I'm Delirium from thrillofthewild.com and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. I'm Bendak from Eyes of the Beast and Bendak Wow on Twitter. All right, check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or at our RSS feed to your reader. And, of course, we'll have all these links available in the show notes. If you have a question or a topic that you would like to discuss on the show, email us at huntingpartypodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at huntingpartypod. Don't forget to follow. Stay or thirsty, my updates. friend. Yes. Sorry. No. It's no, we were doing so us. I cut you off. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was... Ugh. It was almost perfect. I don't know. We've had a couple good good outros for that have gone smooth. So we're, we're I think we're a little bit overdue here for for one of these. All right, stay thirsty, my friends. Remember to drink your dark brew lager. Always flare at the choke points. Heed the thrill of the wild. Keep your eyes on the beast. For the horde. All right. All right. So, uh, dark brew, did you remember to hit record? I did. I we, we did it about right. five minutes before before we started. So all is well. <laughs> yeah, no, no big technical mishaps. That was good. We'll have Simp back next time. He'll actually get our little faces or whatever popping up on the on the overlay. I'll have to have him show me how to do that. Yeah. yeah Other than the fact that I've got about a hundred applications open on my screen and my monitor's just filled with little windows, this this went pretty well. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm gonna.
Now let's begin with Illidan, Osirian, and Gilgen. Magdamar, Asgalor, Gruul, Cthulhu, and Razorgore. Onyxia to Ragnaros. Which one have we killed the most? Kel'Thuzad to Malios. We even killed the Kama's ghost. Sapiron, Lucidon, Sulfuron, Arcanon, Amalon. 